Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. And welcome into AOA, Agriculture of America. Thanks for joining us today as we got another busy show lined up for you here on the program. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Today's AOA brought to you by Cenex, Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil, everyday products powered locally by Cenex. Coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk markets with Mike Zuzalo from Global Commodity Analytics, get his take on some of the market action we are seeing as we near the end of the week. Also, coming up in segment two, we're going to look at the latest meat demand monitor with Dr. Glenn Tonsor from Kansas State University. In segment three, we'll have a conversation with FSA Administrator, South Dakota native Zach Ducino will join us here on the program after the bottom of the hour. And then we'll wrap up the show. We'll talk with Pat Spinoza from Ag America. He's the host of the Like a Farmer podcast and video series. They've launched a new campaign with NASCAR driver Ross Chastain. We're going to learn more about that. It's kind of cool stuff. We're going to talk about that coming up at the end of AOA here today. Well, first up, let's dive into what's happening in the market trade. Joining us now, Mike Zuzalo with Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, thanks for being back on the show with us. Uh, take a look at this grain market, kind of a mixed bag early on Thursday. Uh, looking at weekly export sales, looked like another active week and more daily flash sales as well on Thursday morning, Mike. Yeah, and thanks for having me back, Jesse. I, I agree that the weekly export sales, I think, could be classified as mostly supportive for the grains. We came in a little bit light on the wheat, but for the corn and beans, we came in very strong. And I think that's kind of good when it comes to, we've already had those soft red wheat purchases from China supporting our wheat market. We probably needed a little bit more support heading into tomorrow's WASD numbers when it comes to the corn and beans. We got a little bit of support from the CONAD numbers uh, here this morning. Uh, they're taking their production from 162.4 in soybeans uh, down to 160.2. That's million metric tons. That would compare to USDA's November 163 number. So the, the, it seems like the dial is moving down. Keep in mind, last year was 158. So we're inching closer to not being able to do much better than last year, even on bigger acres for soybeans. So that was kind of a needed number, I think, to, to give the market a little bit of security and create some short covering here. Well, with those CONAB numbers coming out ahead of the USDA WASD for December on Friday, uh, typically the USDA likes to follow some of those CONAB numbers, uh, don't they? And especially with this December report, not expecting much changes to the domestic balance sheets, but rather we'll, we'll keep an eye on some of the South American numbers, right, Mike? Yeah, in fact, if memory serves me right, USDA actually trained CONAB and their methodologies are almost uh, neck and neck or right in very much uh, unison with one another. So that's the kind of the mindset that I would have that uh, the market is firming up here with the idea. And CONAB, I think, did a good job of confirming that the recent Mato Grosso rains have not been enough to steady the crop production in center west Brazil and that they're going to keep a much closer eye on the situation. And so that would suggest to me, Jesse, we've still got a weather market in South America heading into Christmas time. You and I were talking about this uh, chatting yesterday, actually, and uh, thinking about this grain and oil seed market and some of the fund money and movement in the market. And you brought up a great point to me. I'd like you to talk about it for listeners here that a lot of funds maybe look into position or short cover or this or that here the first uh, week or two of the month of December and try and get things done well ahead of the Christmas holiday. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I call it the long protein short grain trade or spread in, in, in the sentiment or mindset of the funds. And I use the Commitment of Traders report as one of the main reasons that I look at it that way for 2023. And that we are, I think, unwinding this with the idea that maybe just maybe we've made a demand low in the grain complex. Wheat now, maybe corn later here as we get into the new year. But generally speaking, I think if you look at cattle, you look at soybeans, uh, even hogs with the negative news uh, have been able to hold up until this last month or so uh, fairly well, given the Chinese news and even the U.S. news, um, with the idea that we've had very tight supplies 
and very strong demand, and we need to ration demand. And I think the funds caught wind of that very early on, and they really took it and amplified that short crop, essentially crop supply in, in the protein markets and kind of the oversupply in the grain markets. Even though we go into the WASDE report again tomorrow with the tightest world wheat stocks to use ratios in nine years. You mentioned some of the negative hog news, not only China, but here in the U.S. And I know you and I talked about this yesterday, too. And I have to give a, a shout out to an AOA listener sending me a, a link to a Fox 13 article out of, Su of Salt Lake City early, early on Thursday morning, uh, looking at Smithfield ending contracts with Utah hog farms. Uh, talk about what you've seen with that news and the potential impact in this hog market, maybe. Yeah, and if you couple that news on top of recent uh, Refinitive, which used to be Reuters Newswire exclusive reports earlier this week uh, that I can tune into, um, you, you have a liquidation pressure fresh back in the situation in the hog sector, not just in China, but here in the United States. And it really accelerates or uh, it takes the market into a different type of mindset. And what I mean by that, Jesse, is for me, I was hoping that we would be done and through the liquidation phase here in the United States, keeping an eye on China as we got to the December hogs and pigs report. But I kind of have to walk that back with this new news. And I believe it was 26 farms in Utah. And this is after Missouri just got a, a similar kick about a month ago with Smithfield as well. So I'm in the mindset that heading into 2024, I think the currency markets, Australian beef especially, um, and, the, and the situation with China's hog market and our liquidation pressures, potentially extending here in hogs. Cattle probably have hogs is still the biggest feature, uh, along with currencies, to have to worry about as far as getting back to a better price for the cattle rancher. Yeah, and speaking of the cattle market, uh, volatility continues, uh, showing a little green early on Thursday, but we know that could be pretty fleeting with uh, how crazy this cattle market has been the last two weeks or so, Mike. Exactly. And the marketing uh, year low in the beef exports for 2023, not a great thing to see this morning. Having said that, you know, we're looking at a national cattle price at around 170, 171. DS and Feb futures at 163, 164. USDA coming out last month in their WASDE report of a 185 quarter one uh, average steer price number. So I'm going to look at cattle and wheat the most aggressively along with South American weather on the WASDE because if, with Feb futures at 163, if USDA holds that 185, I think the market's going to have to look at that pretty hard. Mike, quick wrap, final thoughts, any risk management notes you would want to share with folks here today? Yeah, made some catch-up sales on the wheat since we've rallied about 90 cents and soft red would really be eager to go after 520, 545 in the March corn, do a little business there. Still looking at a weather supply-driven market, hoping we're carving out a demand low though. Folks can find your information and uh, reach out to you with questions. I know at globalcomresearch.com. That is globalcom with two M's, research.com. Mike Zuzalo, president of Global Commodity Analytics. Always uh, appreciate you joining us on AOA. Thanks so much. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jesse. You too. And coming up next here on AOA, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel, we're going to get a look at the latest meat demand monitor with Dr. Glenn Tonsor from Kansas State University. He joins us next here on AOA Agriculture of America. Did you know that pork is the world's most consumed meat? Pork comprises over one-third of all meat consumed. Pigs were domesticated over 9,000 years ago in 7,000 BC, and there are more than 180 species of pigs. Why pork? Well, it's not just because everybody loves bacon. Historically speaking, pork is a very easy meat to preserve via smoking, curing, or salting. Not only could it keep well before refrigeration, but it also tastes great under various preservation tactics and adaptable to a variety of flavors, spices, and dishes across different cultures and regions. There are twice as many pigs as there are people in Denmark. Did you also know that China is the world's lead pork producer? In 2020, they produced an impressive 41.13 million metric tons of the meat, which equates to almost 91 billion pounds. So the next time you dive into that plate of bacon, know that pork is the world's most consumed meat. These farm facts brought to you by the American Ag Network.
Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Are you over the age of 60 and been diagnosed with lung cancer? If so, you and your family may qualify for a cash award. Our experienced attorneys are standing by to evaluate whether you have a lung cancer claim that qualifies you for a cash award. The consultation is absolutely free and there is no risk and no money out of pocket. We only receive a fee when we secure you and your family a settlement. 250,000 people are diagnosed with lung cancer every year. You're not alone in this battle. We can help make sure that you and your family are financially safe and that medical expenses are covered. Again, if you've been diagnosed with lung cancer and are over age 60, call now. Don't delay. There are deadlines for filing claims. We're standing by 24-7. Call us at 1-844-903-1744. 1-844-903-1744. That's 1-844-903-1744. Attorney Advertising. William Stephacker Jr. is the attorney responsible for this ad. Main office, Grant, Pennsylvania. May not be available in all states. Children are the greatest joy and our best hope for a better future. Friends, they are the future. But did you know that millions of kids right here in our own backyard are facing hunger every day? Without healthy food, it's harder to grow, to thrive, to feel their best. The impact when children don't have enough to eat is tremendous because when you're hungry and your basic needs aren't being met, you cannot learn. Every child deserves to be fed. This is a problem we know how to solve. Food is not just food. It's energy, health, confidence, hope, and even love. Yes, love. Breakfast in the classroom contributes to kids being more focused, which leads to higher grades, and simply just their well-being. Thank you! Learn more about how No Kid Hungry is helping end child hunger in America at HelpNoKidHungry.org. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. And welcome back to AOA. Agriculture of America brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. And joining us now here on the program to talk about the latest meat demand monitor, the report out from Kansas State University, Dr. Glenn Tonsor is with us. And uh, Glenn, it's always uh, good to have you on the program. Appreciate you joining us each and every month to go through the meat demand monitor and uh, hope you had a uh, great Thanksgiving and having a good December so far. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to be on here. Uh, I hope our broader audience had a good holiday and is slated to be able to kind of shut down and uh, consume a lot of meat over the next couple of holidays as well. You know, that sounds like a good idea to me. Consume a lot of meat and uh, and enjoy the holiday season. That is for sure. Well, let's take a look at the uh, MDM for November. And just uh, for starters, uh, give us the, the quick overview, I would say, of the, uh, the the big highlight from the numbers that you uh, you guys found on this month's MDM. Yeah, the summary up front would be very short, is we continue to see domestic demand softening. Uh, I continue to think that's for macroeconomic reasons, not product quality or you know perception issues. Uh, to dive into the details of that a little bit, uh, retail, so think grocery store for at-home consumption. Uh, demand on most of the products we looked at was down versus October, and also down when we compare November of 23 versus November of 22. So both month over month and year over year. Uh, when we look at food service, and specifically in the MDM, what we do is we ask what main entree, so think center of the plate, protein entree, you would choose if you're out for dinner meal. So this is the dinner meal specifically away from home. Uh, demand was up on most categories compared to October, but flat or down compared to November of 22. So, you know, I purposely didn't give us numbers there. I'm giving us directions first is mm -hmm. we continue to see softening demand. Well, uh, talk a little bit more about some of the numbers here. And as I, I look at things, you guys, you know, break this down, ribeye steak and ground beef or hamburger, if it's a food service side, pork chop, bacon, et cetera. Yep. Walk through some of these numbers. Was there any big ones that necessarily stood out to you either up or down, Glenn? Well, the, yeah. So I'm going to pull out ground beef and actually beans and rice, which isn't one I normally talk about, but I think it's a cheaper substitute that's relevant for today's discussion, Jesse is retail demand for all the products we looked at, including ground beef and beans and rice was down compared to October, but ground beef and beans and rice, you know, willingness to pay the number, the statistic we quantify was actually up compared to November 22. 
why am I giving that to you? I continue to think, and I'm going to end with some, you know, household finance kind of points in a moment, is I think folks want to have meat protein in their diet, but they're trying to make some shifts to, you know, satisfy the household budget and, you know, their financial wallet situation. And with that, marginally ground beef and even beans and rice is doing better uh, than some of the other categories. Well, and to your points about some of the financial woes, I mean, we've talked about this now for a few months, I feel like, Glenn, is that, you know, some folks uh, passing up maybe that uh, that ribeye steak, maybe moving over to chicken or pork or, or something else. I mean, there's a lot of decisions happening, not only at the retail meat counter, but I even think when folks go out to eat as well, I think there's some decisions as some of those costs shift around, right? Uh, agreed. And probably the best way, so I'm going to jump the end of our base report to drive this point home, is unfortunately in November, only 15% of those we surveyed, and a quick reminder for our audience, this is an online survey that's nationally representative. Over 2,000 uh, folks complete our survey every month, so it's a it's a big ongoing effort. Um, over, sorry, excuse me, only 15% in November said their household finances are better than they were in November of 22. That is the lowest number we've seen. So household pessimism regarding finances continues to grow, is the point. Uh, to connect that to relevance for meat, not surprisingly, if you say your finances have improved, which again is only 15% of the public, you're much more likely to have had beef, pork, or chicken in your prior day meals. We quantify that and put that up in some different figures in the report for those who want more. Uh, and the obvious, the obvious end of that is if you say your finances have gotten worse, which unfortunately 40% in November told us their finances are worse than they were in November of 22, then you're much less likely to have included beef, pork, or chicken. What we see is a increase in no protein or other kind of cheaper proteins being what you're consuming. So it's a little bit less of a shift between the meats and more a shift sort of out of meat um, if your finances are notably worse. I find that interesting, a shift away from some of those staple meat items or to something else, some other substitute. And it's uh, it's quite striking as we hear about the talk about, you know, inflationary pressures in the overall economy here and nearing the holidays when fo a lot of folks typically consume certain, you know, cuts of meat. I think about prime rib and hams, et cetera. It's interesting to see those numbers that you mentioned and that 15% and then looking at the no category, that's quite striking, Glenn. Yeah, no, it definitely stands out. And it's, it's reinforced also by uh, Jesse, I usually highlight what we call the protein values. So we ask each person, we give them a list of 12 things, uh, price, taste, freshness, convenience, imp impact on the environment. It's a list of things. And we say, what are the four? We ask them, what are the four of these 12 that are most important when you make protein purchasing decisions? And what are the four that are least? And of course, the four you don't pick are in the intermediate bucket. So I know for each of these over 2,000 people, your relative importance on those 12 things. And price continues to be of elevated importance, which is in line with everything we've talked about so far. Uh, narrowly, four of the five highest months for price's importance in your protein purchasing decisions since we launched this in February of 2020 has occurred here in 2023. Three of those five highest have been in the most recent three months. So September, October, and November of 23 have been three of the peak importance of price months, which fits and spades with my take on the world that the typical household is pessimistic on their finances. They may have had a raise, but it hasn't kept up with cost of living over the last 12 months. We're talking with Dr. Glenn Tonsor from Kansas State University about the November meat demand monitor. And I know you guys have a section in there about meat knowledge and personal diet, the, the meat knowledge barometer, so to speak. A any changes uh, or notes uh, from that part of the MDM this month? No big change on the knowledge front. So the public continues to be well aware, uh, you know, when I say that, the majority of the role of USD inspection, which I think is great for you know confidence on the safety products and is pretty well aware to use you know temperature rather than color as a gauge of doneness so again safety and eating quality those are great uh, there continues to be room for improvement on knowledge on pork color as well as beef quality grades but that's nothing new compared to the past months uh, to double back down on the shifts that are going on it's worth noting that still three-fourths of the public self-declares their diet as being a regular meat consumer specifically 76 percent told us that for november and an additional 10% say they're a flexitarian. So they eat meat products. They just, at times, periodically avoid one intentionally. So if you add those two up, 86% of the public is an ongoing meat consumer, still a large majority. 
So we don't see a shift away from that with these macroeconomic pressures. Rather, we see some shifts in, you know, attempting to save money while keeping meat in the things you consume. I'm thinking ahead here a little bit, and maybe you can give some perspective here to kind of wrap up. Obviously, the cattle situation, for instance, you know, I know cattle markets have really been volatile the last couple of weeks, and we know that there's a small herd out there. And I just wonder that coupled with all the inflationary pressures and more, I mean, could we eventually, you know, what could happen here to some of these costs for beef and, and other proteins moving forward, just looking at the current market environment and the current yep. climate out there in the countryside, Glenn, what do you think about that? Yeah. And, you know, I caught the, you know, end of your last, you know, guess and so forth. Th there continues to be turmoil in both the, particularly the cattle and the hog space, uh, short term and going into 2024, I suspect we're going to keep talking about that. But the main implication I would argue is we're slated to have less meat to be available for the average U.S. consumer in the, you know, next 12 to 18 months. That itself is likely to play out to where those that are most price sensitive will be consuming less meat as we go through 2024, 2025. That's how markets work. Uh, so we're going to talk about that price sensitivity as the year goes forward. What I think the bigger unknown, though, is exactly how much, you know, contraction we might see on hogs and how long until we pull the trigger on expansion on the cattle side will dictate the duration of those things. And then do we continue to see elevated cost of producing? Uh, you know, we talk about cost of living for consumers, but those inflation forces, they go all the way back to seed stock. So the cost of raising a pig or the cost of putting, you know, weight on an animal and so forth, regardless of species, is quite a bit higher than it used to be. And those are going to continue to get pushed both directions. So signals go towards the supply side. And for today's discussion, they also are going to impact what's available to consumers. That is a potential trend that we are going to keep a close eye on. And no doubt uh, we'll look at it uh, each month when we talk to you uh, about the uh, new MDM. If folks want to look at the November meat demand monitor, Glenn, how could they do that? Yeah, so this is beef and pork checkoff funded because of, and it's based at Kansas State University. So it's fully public, transparent. Uh, available to anybody who wants more details, the base report, raw data, surveys, everything is on our agmanager.info website. If you can't find that, type my last name in and Google it, and you'll probably find it that way as well. Agmanager.info for the Meat Demand Monitor. Dr. Glenn Tonsor with Kansas State University. Glenn, thanks for joining us today. I'll wish you a, a happy holiday season. We'll talk to you next month. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Jesse. All right, coming up next on AOA, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. We'll talk with FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau on the way right after this. Every Tuesday, we'll be sitting around the table, sponsored by CHS. Join us and learn how CHS creates the vital connections that empower agriculture, helping farmers and ranchers like you succeed. We'll hear from different voices from throughout the cooperative system, sharing stories about how good things happen when people work together. Join us around the table every Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Risvet with this market update. Corn and beans are higher, beans leading the way there while wheats are lower. The run of U.S. soft red winter wheat daily flash sales to China has halted, at least for now, and wheat is reacting accordingly after a strong recent rally. However, private exporters did report another 121,000 tons of soybeans sold to unknown for 23-24, and weekly export sales figures for both corn and soybeans were fairly strong as well. For all the hand-wringing about losing corn and soybean sales to Brazil and slow early export paces, those numbers are still on tap seasonally to exceed current USDA targets for 23-24. Now, the trade isn't expecting any increases in USDA demand estimates tomorrow. Much easier for the government to wait until the January final report and put together supply and demand revisions all at once. Soybeans and bean oil surged early today following a weak close yesterday. 
Soybean oil will be looking to halt a six-day slide in prices today, getting no help from palm oil futures, however, which are down for the fifth consecutive day, but they are getting a boost from crude oil, which is trading higher after five down days. Crude oil values dipped below the $70 per barrel mark yesterday morning and continued there into the early morning hours today. They have recovered, though, and trading almost a dollar higher. Doubts do remain over whether OPEC will follow through on planned production cuts and production and exports remain ample domestically. In fact, shipments are reportedly nearing a record 6 million barrels per day, and they will continue to weigh on the world market overall. Corn is also a few pennies higher this morning. Traders will again be watching to see if March corn can rise above the 50-day average and encourage funds to cover shorts. However, it is unlikely that will happen before tomorrow's December WASDE report, where all eyes will be on South American production changes. U.S. corn export sales for the week ending November 30th were 50.7 million bushels. Total corn commitments are up 35% from a year ago. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet. Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us. Victory over cancer is in front of us. Right now, cancer research is saving lives. Cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to new discoveries and new treatments and ultimately, one day, victory over cancer. Give to the V Foundation. Right now, one out of every two men and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love. 100% of your donation goes directly to game-changing research. 100%. Donate at V.org. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Information America's farmers and ranchers need. AOA. Now, back to Jesse Allen. And welcome back to AOA, Agriculture of America, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can have a diesel that is fueled by innovation and power to perform, and a diesel that doesn't mess around. Find your nearest location online at Cenex.com. Joining us now, pleased to have a conversation with FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau. And uh, Administrator Ducheneau, always good to talk with you. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us. Doing real well, Jesse. Glad to be able to visit and really appreciate the work that you all do to help us get these important announcements out to a broader range of people than we can reach on our own. Yeah, a lot of announcements uh, coming out from the Farm Service Agency here in recent weeks. And one of those that I definitely want to talk to you about to start is some changes to loss requirements for the emergency assistance for livestock, honeybees, and farm-raised fish, and the Livestock Indemnity Program, two uh, very key programs for folks. So talk about the changes here to those loss requirements. What exactly do we have going on? Well, I want to set the stage for it a little first, Jesse. So, the, you know, these programs are literally the safety net for folks when when things beyond their control impact their production. And in previous iterations of the program, producers would be required to submit a notice of loss in order to be eligible within a finite number of days after the impacting event. And... With the enhancements that we're making to ELAP and the LIP program, making these programs more useful to producers, being more accurate in payment amounts and and just better serving producers with these programs, we wanted to make sure that folks who were eligible for those changes have every opportunity to get in the door and get this assistance because it could literally make or break and operations. So what we've done is we've waived the requirement for producers to submit a notice of loss within a predetermined number of days for 2023. Well, with that, uh, to me, when I when I look at this and I read through this and, and hear what you say there, it, it kind of sounds to me like cutting out a little red tape, making things a little bit easier, so to speak, for producers to make sure that they could submit you know, uh, submit to these programs and get that funding that they they would need. Is, is that kind of 
the best way I could maybe sum that up a little bit? Yeah, I'm glad you put it that way because it lands a lot better when one of our friends in the press says it as opposed to <laughs> the, the agency administrator. But that's literally what it's about. And it's about streamlining access to programs, especially where we're making enhancements to programs that could literally save the farm. We don't want producers to miss out on that opportunity. So we're just taking this particular part off the table for 2023. Well, and with the ELAP program and the Livestock Indemnity program, I, we've had our challenges out in the countryside here this year and in previous years as well. And uh, no doubt we'll probably have some more natural disaster related challenges as we get into, you know, 2024 beyond too. But I mean, you know, talk, talk about that a little bit. I mean, I know you've been traveled around the country. You've seen some of the challenges our producers have had firsthand out in the countryside this year, haven't you? Absolutely. We've had a chance to hear from folks in the Northern Plains and in, out in the Rocky Mountain region where they have had winters that are worse than anybody can remember. And then, of course, we had the heat dome event over the north central part of the country. So just all of these climate related weather events that continue to transcend any efforts that producers have taken to mitigate them we want to make sure that there's access now we're still encouraging folks to file some notice of loss whenever they become aware of it the the change here is they don't have a finite number of days in keeping with that we're asking our county committees to reevaluate any applications for 2023 that were late filed to make sure that the waiver can be applied. And we're also, <clears throat> excuse me, we're also asking the county committees to review any disapproved applications in light of this new announcement. Because when you get out there to a producer's place right after a disaster event, you know this as well as anybody, the last thing that's on their mind is, have I met the deadline for that particular program? This, this is just helping producers have an easier go of it in their recovery efforts. Well, farmers uh, and ranchers can get more information at farmers.gov or, of course, uh, contact their local USDA service center with questions. Another topic I want to ask you about, Administrator Duchino, uh, USDA now accepting applications for farm loans online. Uh, talk about this a little bit. Just uh, saw this news come out here earlier this week. Yes, really fantastic news. You know, our team in the farm loan side has been doing uh, really fantastic work in streamlining access to this critical program for all producers. And this is yet another step. Started with the first iteration of the loan assistance tool that helps folks understand how our loan programs can fit them. And then we went into the reduction of the application from 29 to 13 pages. And now individuals are going to be able to file that application online in a step-by-step -step format, like you see with some of your other uh, tax programs or survey-based programs where you, you fill that information in and it generates the next batch of questions. That'll populate your application, and then we can go through the process. We anticipate that this is going to save producers hours and hours in every application to say nothing of free up some time for our staff to get to the busy work of reviewing, underwriting, and approving these applications. Uh, the iteration of this program, this online application program for entities and joint ventures will be coming out soon, but we wanted to get this out there for our individual producers as soon as possible. And I know uh, for that as well, farmers.gov folks can find more information there or contact their local USDA service center. And uh, I know a lot of news been coming out from USDA here in recent days, uh, farm income forecasts, and also uh, Secretary Vilsacks announced $208 million for emergency assistance as well. Uh, loans to help prevent foreclosures. So uh, a lot of news items coming out from USDA and, and the Farm Service Agency, too, here in recent days. Uh, just talk about some of those other uh, things, if you can, uh, just as we kind of look sure. towards the end of the year. I know a busy time here at the end of the year, Administrator. Yeah, and I one of the things that I'm really proud of in this administration 
is that especially with respect to farm loans, we're taking a radically different approach than was taken in the 1980s as a federal government. When we see farmers in distress with their creditors or with our guaranteed lenders or ourselves, we're trying to find a way to help them stay on the farm and really doing everything we can to maintain the number of farmers out there in these rural economies so that we can start to forestall the the exodus from farm communities that we've seen in the last 40 years based on that policy of that dates back to the 1980s. The assistance that we announced with regard to the distressed borrower programs in the Inflation Reduction Act are tied to borrowers who are facing liquidation. If you have any borrowers out there in your listening area that are on the cusp of liquidation, have them reach out to our office, have them reach out directly to me, my name and number on the website, my email's there. I will gladly have a conversation with them about which parts of these programs can benefit them. And we're also gonna help some producers who in the last few years have had to take out emergency loans to try to borrow money to navigate through some of these programs where we don't really have a proper safety net built. I want to wrap this up and get your thoughts here as well. I'm hearing a lot of this. I'm sure you're hearing it as well as you travel. A lot of farmers and ranchers are are worried about the, the high interest rate environment. They're worried about farm inputs. They're worried about a host of things affecting their operation. Some of those folks you mentioned have taken you know some emergency assistance here the last few years. I mean, what would you say to farmers and ranchers listening in here today who have a lot of big concerns here nearing the end of the year? What would you say to them to keep in mind and also how USDA can help them through some challenging times possibly? Well, I don't think I can say it any better than the secretary himself did in the press release around these announcements. Borrowers and lenders alike are encouraged to get in touch with our county office to ensure that we're providing the most flexible options for our producers. You know, the interest rates are creeping up, but honestly, Jesse, it's not the interest rate that upsets the apple cart for our producers. It's the high rate of recapture of the principal. And if we start to think about ag finance more like an investment rather than borrowing and lending, and we think about the rate of return that we get on that investment, it allows that money to stay out there and circulate through that borrower's balance sheet, through that local economy, and then come back either to the bank or to the farm loan program's uh, treasury account. So really take a look at your financial situation, ask our local office if we have extended the most flexibility that we can, ask your lender if they're going as far as they can. We wanna be able to help and we can go a long ways with our guarantee program to help those lenders meet your needs. With that, USDA Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau and uh, Administrator, appreciate the time here with us on AOA today. If we don't talk to you before the end of the year, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Same to you and all your folks. Thanks again, Jesse. All right, coming up next, we're going to shine a light on something I think is kind of cool. Pat Spinoza is the host of the Like a Farmer podcast, and he works for Ag America, who supports the Like a Farmer podcast and video series. Well, they've just launched a new campaign with NASCAR driver Ross Chastain looking to shine a light on rural America. We're going to tell you more about that coming up here on the way after this on AOA, brought to you by Cenex, Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil, oil that runs smart. We'll be back with more on the way right after the break. In Iraq, our truck hit a roadside bomb. I had about 16 surgeries on my hand so that I could regain function. And when I came home, I needed a new roof due to a storm. And my electrical was deemed unsafe. And I was about to lose homeowner's insurance as well. I didn't really know where to go in order to get help. And so I applied for Operation Homefront Critical Financial Assistance Program. 
They've really been a blessing. Operation Home Front is the safety net. A lot of veterans, they fall through the cracks sometimes. And Operation Home Front, they catch us. It's been a blessing to us. It's a blessing to other veteran families. And it's good to know that when we come home, there are people who are there that care about us and want to see us do well and want to see us succeed. And we feel it and we appreciate that. I would say you guys are angels behind closed doors. Visit OperationHomefront.org to learn more. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. Today, we're talking with Jake Niederer, a senior director of phosphate risk management with CHS, about how the fertilizer industry is changing. Jake, why is improving fertilizer efficiency vital to the industry and farmers? We've got government regulation that's requiring and mandating some of these changes. And then the other thing, too, is just from a historical perspective, farmers have always been the best stewards of the land. They've been the best environmentalists. And so as science evolves, as technology improves, they're at the forefront of wanting the solutions to make their ground the most profitable and productive as possible. Well, what are cooperatives doing to help farmers maximize their fertilizer investment? I think our place today is to work in hand in hand with these companies that are really pushing the agenda of research and developing new products, new technologies, or producing old products in new ways. We've got nitrogen production changes that are occurring to decrease the amount of carbon in that production process. And so we have a partnership with CF Industries that uh, we're very excited about. We try to utilize in our footprint nitrogen stabilizers that we have available today to help decrease the carbon footprint and to increase fertilizer efficiency. Some of those are phosphate fertilizer efficiency products as well as nitrogen stabilizers. And that's our role is to bring those forward and to make sure they're on hand for growers and that we do the right job of educating the growers of those opportunities that are out there. Well, Jake, as our listeners make crop nutrient plans for next year, what should they know about the fertilizer supply situation? Inventories in the United States, whether we're talking nitrogen fertilizers, phosphate fertilizers, are at some very low levels compared to historical normals. Production of domestic producers on the phosphate front have been down, and that's going to be a key factor that weighs on the buildup of stocks for this coming spring. Thank you for joining us around the table. Learn more about the benefits of cooperative ownership at cooperativeownership.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure protection services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. 800-926-1701. That's 800-926-1701. Information America's farmers and ranchers need. AOA. Now, back to Jesse Allen. And welcome back to AOA, Agriculture of America, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel, a diesel that doesn't mess around. 
Well, when it comes to NASCAR, uh, they're definitely not taking a slow ride around the track, uh, like our bumper music coming back to the show here. But uh, something really cool is, is happening, and joining us to talk about the new Ag to Asphalt campaign, it's a partnership between the Like a Farmer podcast and video series, uh, which is uh, supported by Ag America, and NASCAR driver Ross Chastain. Joining us to tell us more about this, he is the host of the Like a Farmer podcast and video series. He's also the managing director of business development at Ag America. My good friend Pat Spinoza is with us. Pat, great to have you on AOA. And uh, tell us more about the Ag to Asphalt campaign. Again, partnering up with Ross Chastain. This is really, really cool stuff, Pat. Tell us a little bit more about what exactly the Ag to Asphalt campaign is. Absolutely, Jesse. And and Ross, what a great dude that is, man. We've got such a great friendship. You know, Ross and I come from the same background. We're the same age. You know, we're both multi-generational farmers out of the state of Florida. And Ross came on the show a couple of months ago, uh, the Like a Farmer show, and it was a great episode. And man, you talk about somebody, in my opinion, and I could be a little bit biased. We all know how I feel about Josh Allen and me saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but Ross, what he's doing in NASCAR is unbelievable, man. And he's, mm -hmm. he, he's winning only like, you know, he's winning, right? I mean, he's not winning every time, but he's getting out there and he's kicking butt and man, he's just, he's done such a great job on his professional career, but he hasn't forgot about where he came from and what he's passionate about, which is agriculture. So after the episode of Like a Farmer, you know, Ross calls me. He's like, hey, I want to do an ag to asphalt campaign that's going to involve celebrating agriculture. And Pat, I want you, I think you're the perfect fit. Like, I want you to come along. So we partnered. And what we're doing is next year, starting at the Daytona 500, we're bringing a farmer to each NASCAR race all around the country. And, that, and that's what the campaign's all about. And I'm super pumped. That is really, really cool stuff. And I know folks can sign up for that agtoasphalt.com. And, and to your point, they're kind of partnering with Ross and this great idea. Really, it's uh, it's all about shining a light on rural America and agriculture and, and the great things that our farmers and ranchers do uh, across the country. That's really what's at the heart of not only the Ag to Asphalt campaign, but everything you're doing with the Like a Farmer podcast and video series. Right, Pat? Yeah, and you know from day one of this show, two objectives, celebrate the farmer and educate the people. And we talk about it all the time. You've got these American farm families that are 2% of our population, and they have to feed the other 98%. And from day one, and really every day that I wake up, how can I continue to highlight the farmer? Country is cool again. People want to help out. People want to support. So I've got to build this platform. And I've done that with like a farmer. And when I have people like Ross Chastain who share the same passion, they come on board with these great ideas. And now we're leaning into the NASCAR series next year. And you hit it right on the head. Go to agtoasphalt.com. It's a, it's a contest that ends December 15th. And we've got over 200 people that have signed up across the country. So I'm, I'm super stoked about it. Wow. And uh, of course, a lot of great opportunities to attend a NASCAR race with that uh, full season next year. And I know, too, with the Like a Farmer campaign, uh, you talked to a lot of folks. You mentioned Josh Allen earlier, yeah. everyone from uh, athletes to uh, other sports announcers like Marty Smith to yeah. country singers, et cetera. All these folks who have uh, you wouldn't think about it, have ag backgrounds like Ross Chastain for instance and and kind of partnering with some of them to be advocates so to speak right yeah man that's great I love that actually and that's what they're doing and not only these guys and girls shout out Haley Witters you know she was she was my my one and only female person that came on the show and I'm so excited for I'm gonna say it here season two of like a farmer we've got other great uh, guys and girls coming on the show but they're not just advocates, Jesse. These Some of these people are full-time farmers, too. I mean, Josh, yes, once again, maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. He, he's also very active in his operation back in California. And you've got Marty Smith, who owns a farm. I mean, these guys and girls, they, they understand what I'm trying to do, and they've, they've stood behind me since day one, and I'm super blessed and thankful for everybody who came on to season one of Like a Farmer. 
Well, Pat, if folks want to learn more and uh, check out season one of Like a Farmer and get ready for season two, or I know you guys have a lot of great merch available and stuff, yeah. uh, just a ton of cool stuff you guys are doing. How can people find the uh, Like a Farmer podcast? So likeafarmer.com, just as easy as that. But we're on all the social media platforms. My presenting sponsor, Ag American. I can't talk about Ag America enough. I mean, you want to talk about people that have been with me since day one. Those guys and girls coming in as presenting sponsor, agamerica.com does a great job. And, and, and the reason why is because think about how that company was built to celebrate the farmer, to help them in the bad times, to celebrate them in the good times. So they're doing a great job and you can go to agamerica.com and catch all the Like a Farmer episodes. And like you said, merch, we've got great merch. Josh Allen and I did just announce a merch line a couple weeks ago in light of Black Friday coming up in the holidays. So I know the girlfriends, the boyfriends, the wives, the husbands, anybody you have to buy for, we've got some great merch on the website. Fantastic. Likeafarmer.com. And again, if you want to take part in the Ag to Asphalt campaign, maybe you could attend an upcoming NASCAR race in 2024. Go to agtoasphalt.com as well. Pat Spinoza with Ag America and host of the Like a Farmer podcast. We appreciate a few minutes of your time here on the show today, Pat. I know we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Love you, Jesse. Really appreciate his time. Pat Spinoza, he is the host of the Like a Farmer podcast video series, and also he is the uh, managing director of business development at Ag America. And again, learn more about the Ag to Asphalt campaign. Uh, just go to agtoasphalt.com. Again, that is agtoasphalt.com to learn more information. And uh, signups are available through December 15th. So uh, get those signups in if you want to potentially uh, take part in the Ag to Asphalt campaign. All right, we're out of time here on AOA today, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel, a diesel that doesn't mess around. On our next episode, we'll talk with American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall. Kent Backus from NCBA joins us with a Paraguayan beef import update, and we'll talk markets with Arlen Suderman of Stone X. Thanks for listening to AOA. Have a great rest of your day. Every day, our brave military men and women, along with their families, make tremendous sacrifices for our freedom. Patriotic Hearts, a nonprofit organization, is dedicated to supporting these heroes and their families in their times of need. By donating your unwanted car to Patriotic Hearts, you'll be supporting job transition and job fair programs, veteran entrepreneurship, counseling, and retreats for combat veterans and their spouses. Call 800-560-3870 you'll receive a tax deduction and we'll arrange a free pickup at your convenience. Imagine the difference you can make in the lives of those who have given so much for our country. Your car donation will directly impact military families, veterans, providing them with the support they desperately need. Call 800-560-3870. You can become a part of something bigger. Join us in our mission to uplift and honor our military community. Call 800-560-3870 to donate your unwanted card. Teachers are dynamic leaders, shaping a new generation. They bring a variety of perspectives from diverse backgrounds, innovating how they teach to prepare students for our fast-changing world. Achieving this takes skill and expertise. They're tireless explorers creatively discovering a universe of solutions, telling stories, experimenting, inspiring, mentoring, connecting cultures, and connecting with each other, leading by example. Experience the unique joy of helping students thrive. Teaching is a journey that shapes lives. Are you ready to begin? Explore teaching at teach.org a campaign supported by the U.S. Department of Education, Teach.org, and One Million Teachers of Color.